one time I blew up at my grandma. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and you know what? She never made that mistake again. This guy. Talk about flex. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> I didn't verbally abuse my grandmother. Maybe it should just be <laughs> childhood just, stories. <laughs> although when I, I, I can tell that story, but I was in my 20s when I did that. So I don't know if it counts. Oh, yeah. No, no, that, that's there. You, you a man by then. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I told her, Chris. <laughs> I'm a man. I am a man, Grandma. You, you will not. <laughs> Talk to me like that, Abuelita. <laughs> through, through the. <laughs> <laughs> I know my mom's not here, but she would want me to stand up for myself. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Midnight Connection, the podcast where two dads talk about anything they want at the only time they can. Episode nine. Chris, how are you doing on this ninth of episodes? I am exhausted, my friend. Hell yeah, sounds like a dad to me. It has been a day, I tell you. I know, man. And- Actually, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Dude, just keep it going. <laughs> Too true. Uh, Well, today we thought we were going to focus a little bit more on the parenting aspect of our lives. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our last episode on One Hit Wonders. It was incredibly fun, and I'm sure you could tell how excited we were (laughs) to talk about music based off of how many times I said the word iconic and or how many times I dropped (laughs) (laughs) F-bombs. When you're excited, you know what I mean? It's true. They just come rolling out. I love music. Well, we're going to start our episode nine the way we start all of our episodes with a connection question. And today's connection question isn't so much of a question as much as it is a prompt. All I wrote in all caps was wild childhood story. All right. So my childhood story takes place in February of what I can only assume is 2003, 2004, maybe 2002. I don't know time. I'm old. Yeah. And so what happened was my birthday is February 1st, and I didn't want to go to school because I was like, you know what? It's it's a Friday. I want to stay at home and game. My uncle lived in our basement at the time, and my uncle, I remember, had a GameCube. And in that GameCube, he had Need for Speed Underground. Oh, okay. And he had let me play it. And I was like, I want to stay home (laughs) and I'm going to play this game. It's your birthday. Because it's my birthday. Yeah, you should. I deserve that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I asked my uncle politely, hey, can you call the school and just say (laughs) that you are taking me out of school, that you're my dad, you're taking me out of school for the day. And, you know, it's not like an emergency. It's just for my birthday, right? Like, we don't got to lie about that part. He's like, yeah, of course, whatever. So he does it. And so the the trick is, you know, my mom was always at home by the time I left for school. Mm -hmm. And she would leave for work maybe 
five to 10 minutes after I left for school. So I'm up in the morning, you know, got my backpack on, filled with my books, no intention of going anywhere. And I walk out the front door and I immediately hook around the back mm-hmm. and come in through the back sliding door on the, in the basement floor and go into my uncle's bedroom and locked myself in there. My uncle had already gone to work. Mm-hmm. Again, he knew that I was doing this, okay? Yeah, he was yeah, an accomplice to all this. Sure. He calls the school, leaves the voicemail. My mom leaves. Boom. Your boy is racing on the streets of this made-up city in Need for right. Speed Underground. Amazing score. Loving every second of it. And then I get a call. Or I don't get a call. The house phone the starts house gets ringing. A call. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> These were the days. So the house gets a call. I don't pick up, of course. I do see on the caller ID that it's my mom. And I was like, weird. Okay, whatever. She calls again. And then she leaves a message. And it's like, I know you're at home. (laughs) Pick up the phone and call me back. I know you're at home. And I was like, what? What? What's happening? It had been a couple hours. Yeah. And so my mom, I call my mom back, <laughs> and she's like, "Where are you?" And I was like, "I'm at home." She's like, just- <laughs> "What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you doing there?" And I was like, "Well, it was, you know, it's my birthday. Whatever. I got caught, so I came clean." I was like, "It's my birthday." And she's like, "How stupid do you think I am? And how stupid are you?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" So this is what happened. Uh-huh. My uncle called the school. Didn't talk to anyone, left a voicemail. Oh, gosh. Right? Because that's what you do in the morning. They're too busy to pick up the phone. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Here's the thing. At the school that I went to, it was like eighth grade, or I'm sorry, seventh grade uh, through senior year. And when you move up a grade, your entire administration does too. So like the secretary, the principal for your grade, whatever, right? So you're always with the same people. Mm-hmm. So the front desk lady knew my mom well, well enough that they talked on the phone a lot. Um, you know, I, I didn't cause too much trouble as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not why they really knew each other, I hope. <laughs> but, but here's <laughs> here's what this lady did know about my mom, that she is a single mother. So this lady, the secretary, here's the message. That my father has picked me up from school and immediately calls my mom and says, Maria, I know that, you know, you're a single parent. We got this voicemail that Eddie's dad has picked him up and he hasn't, Eddie hasn't shown him for class. Freaks my mom out. Oh, man. Freaks my mom out completely. She's like, what? Like, that's impossible. Like, oh, my God. And the and the lady, the secretary, was, you know, trying to help her and, like, describe the voice and, like, all this stuff. And my mom was like, I don't know who it could be. Like, oh, my God. You know, she's freaking out. Where, where the hell is her son? Mm-hmm. And the secretary is like, actually, I can play you the voicemail. I was going to say, yeah. So she plays my mom the voicemail. And immediately my mom was like, that is my stupid brother. Boom, (laughs) clicks the phone, calls my uncle, you know, berates the hell out of him while he's like at work. (laughs) He's like, he just wanted to skip school, man. You know? And then my mom called me and that's that's how I got caught. 
So wow. what ended up happening as a result of that was that I lived, I don't know, probably like three, maybe four miles from the school. My mm-hmm. mom made me walk to school for a week. And if three I was, or four miles? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. And if I was late, she would not call to excuse me. And that was just my responsibility. So day one, I was really late to school. <laughs> it's a long way. <laughs> <laughs> By day three, I realized how early I had to get up <laughs> in order to make it to class on time so I wouldn't get in more trouble. But yeah, that's how stupid I am and how good of a liar I thought I was. I mean, it's not a terrible plan. You just, you know. No, it's a terrible plan for <laughs> the son of a single mother to think that he could call the school and say that dad had come to get him. At least he was your uncle and not some rando. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that on my side, yes. But on their side, they did think that it was a rando. That's, I mean, but that's, that's a good call. It's a good call. Yeah, I guess. You, you got you, you had to shore up some loose ends. But yeah, that's what I did. Sorry, Mom. It all worked out in the end, I promise. <laughs> got in trouble on your birthday. Yep. Not the first time I got in trouble on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Or the last. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Oh, my gosh. It's okay. I'm pretty sure this was in middle school. Actually, probably eighth grade, too. <laughs> it's a year for trouble. It is. It is. The only reason I hesitate about that is it may have been in high school. I'm trying to remember the whole scenario and like, what you know what? Maybe it was high school, early high school. Yeah, I think it was. I was probably 14-ish. Okay. 15, somewhere right around there, maybe. Yeah. So group of friends and I, we had discovered. So I, I, well, let, let, me, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit. I, I enjoyed high school quite a bit, actually. Wow, really? Yeah. Contrary to, you know, most people's experiences. Nice. That's good. Uh, I I enjoyed high school a lot. I got along well with the majority of the staff and the teachers that I was with. So it had kind of afforded me a little bit of free reign at school. Mm. Say that. And so at some point, and I don't, I have no clue how we got, how we figured this out. There was a, a group of us had decided Oh, look at that. There's an access panel over there. We're going to figure out what's behind it. What? <laughs> so we, we brought a screwdriver to school one day, popped open an access panel. And I'm talking, this is, you know, it's a small-ish square. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Yeah. Random panel on the wall. So we pop it open and it's basically a crawl space for the school. What? Yeah. Wait, so it's an electrical panel that just opens up into a no, no, space? It's not a not an electrical panel. It's like um but the door kind of looks like that. It's like a square-ish, maybe 3 foot gotcha, door. Got you, got you. Door, right? It's screwed in. When we pop it off, we've just a whole crawl space for the school. And we were, you know, dumb guys. We decided to go get in there and check it out. Nice. And we were hanging out in there. I think I don't remember when this is happening. Like I don't know how the handful of boys go, you know, missing for a little stretch of time. <laughs> I really can't remember. Oh, no, you know, no, no. This is around when, when gym class was happening. And, of and that's, course. This is how I remember that. So we get in there because like the, the gym, gym teacher didn't really care if we were there. They, we were, we, our, our group was, you know, 
plenty active already. They didn't mind if we didn't show up and they figured we were busy doing something else. We were in the crawl space. Of course. And what we were doing in there, what we were actually doing was smoking. Ooh. And that's why, that's how I know it was around like 14 or 15. Cause that's when I started smoking. We were just kind of exploring smoking, right? We would go in sure. there. We we're like, no one's going to figure this out. So we go in there, smoke a little bit and leave. One time we go in there and one of my dumbass friends goes poking around like, uh, basically like vent ducts, right? Oh, just like trying to explore the system. Yeah. So he, he's, he's just going around checking out different things and he gets to this. Yeah. Basically like an AC duct, uh, duct and he gets too close to it. Uh Oh, and so it, it pops off when, when he gets too close to it and guess where it is. The principal's office. No, <laughs> that might be the worst one. The second worst room. I don't know. The girls' locker room. I don't. I don't know that that would qualify well, as the second worst. Well, room second, second for worst a, a for fourteen, fifteen-year-old boy. Well, no, no, no. no you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Some might Dis- argue dis- the discovering opposite. that discovering that was like, oh hell yeah, sure, sure, sure. Girls' sure, locker yeah. room getting caught. Seemingly peeking into the girls' locker room. Yes. <laughs> Definitely not. That's a hell hilarious. yeah. A hell yeah moment. So it falls off. And I wasn't there. Like I wasn't in that part of the thing when it happened, but it fell off and he started freaking out, of course. And oh they, could see him. they could see him. So they knew who it is. And they're they're all freaking out and they're like, dude, we gotta get out of here. I'm like, what the fuck did you do? Right? We're oh my a God. couple of us are over in this little section having a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we come out of the panel, screw that thing back on, and we're like, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna try and play this off. <laughs> like like nothing happened. We're just on our way to gym. I and don't the rest know. of us were like, they only saw you. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. What did he do? Well, later that day, we all got called into the principal's office. Of course. And they accused all of us of, you know, like basically peeping. And we we're like, well, that's not we we're, were like, do we tell them what we were actually doing? Sir, we were only smoking. <laughs> yeah, on school grounds. So I got sent home. Nice. Suspended. The only time I ever got suspended. Suspended for a week. Wow. I never got suspended. That's yeah. cool. You're suspended cool. Suspended for, I don't know if that's what. <laughs> you hear that, kids? <laughs> do not. It's so don't cool do to that. get don't suspended. Don't go into crawl spaces. Don't go into crawl spaces, please. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I got suspended for a week. My parents... I, I basically could not stay in my room because they knew that that's where all my stuff was. So I had to, sure. I had to like lay <laughs> a it. A parent's was, worst nightmare yeah. is a kid that loves his room. Exactly. Like, stay in your room. Like, okay, cool. Hell yeah, it's my favorite place. Nope. They had me laid up on the couch in the living room. And the oh, only thing man. I could do was read like saint books. <laughs> because to them, they really thought that I was up there trying to peep on some girls. Oh, man. But I never told them like what we were actually doing. So of I course. just kind of. Because it would have been worse. Yeah. Wow. Which is, I don't know if it would have been, honestly, but. Nice. Random, random follow-up question. Just because you you put out a a smoking story. When was the first time you drank? Uh, The first time I drank was probably uh, maybe a year or two after that. I think I was 15. Oh, so you smoked before you drank? I think so. Nice. So I got my first drink because of my brother. So he he came home with some friends and he had an orangina bottle with vodka in it. Oh wow! And he was already drunk, and he was just like, "Hey, you want to try this?" <laughs> and, and guess who? And guess who's at the house? Who? 
This has boys. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we all got that drink together. That's awesome. But uh, my, brother, my brother's friends were the coolest. So nice. they were they were there and we yeah, we had um they had we tried it out with them and that was that's the first time I remember ever getting a drink. I'm pretty sure I was fourteen in Peru and my oh, yeah? cousin my cousins took me out to a bar and because I was an American quote unquote mm-hmm. in Peru. You can do whatever the hell you want. Plus I was a tall kid. Yep. I no know one, that. <laughs> no one questioned anything. So my cousins took me to a bar, which was super weird because it was almost like a shopping mall uh-huh. that had like five floors. And this uh-huh. bar club was on the fourth floor and that Dis- entire floor was just like these little discotheques. The disco yeah <laughs> the disco. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and it was crazy, man, because I remember it was cowboy themed, like American themed or whatever. And all the servers walked around with holsters that had oh. bottles in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To like pour shots, you know? And so that, I, I blacked out the first time. At 14? Oh, my God. Because uh, of my oh, cousins, not, not because of me. <laughs> I went to the Philippines when I was 15. Yeah. Same thing. Like you're you're from the states. I was tall, right? You know, it's fair, like you get a free pass skin. to do yeah, whatever like, you want, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> They're like, like you, my brother wanted to go out. He's like, yeah, you should bring your brother. He's like, he's fifteen. He's like, they don't give a shit. Yeah, like, exactly. Just take him. Just take him. Walked up in there and did whatever, <laughs> whatever we wanted. Dude, I'll never like, forget. Like so my, weird. in Peru, the houses are really big and vertical. There's like four floors, and they're almost split up into like apartment type mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So. My great-grandmother, who we would visit in Peru, took up the entire first floor, and my cousins lived on the second floor. So when we came back from drinking, they were like, oh, shit, Eddie's drunk. (laughs) And, like, he can't go back home. We were leaving for the States the next day. Oh, gosh. (laughs) They're like, Eddie's drunk. We can't can't take him. So they kept me in their house uh, with my aunt, and I woke up. I was not wearing my own shirt. I smelled like puke. I woke up at my cousin's bed and I went out to like the living room and his mom (laughs) gave me what is called uh, leche del tigre, which Uh translates to tiger's milk. Tiger milk. (laughs) To sober up because my mom was asking where the hell I was. Oh man, at least they're looking out for you. Yeah. And so I went downstairs and my mom was like, did you drink last night? And I was like, no. <laughs> I've, never, I've never drank before in my life, mom. I, <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> would never do that. She, could, she said she could smell it on me and that we would talk about it in the States. Oh, man. Because we had too much stuff to do. And then we get to the airport and they double booked my seat. And oh, it was, no. it was a, a man. So I was supposed to be next to my mom. And then they're in the middle seat. And then next to me was this dude who had bought a ticket. And he had bought the middle seat ticket as well for his son. Younger oh. son. Oh, and so I'm sitting in my seat. And then this dude comes with his son and is like, oh, my God. Like, I have to sit next to my son. I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the air hostess was like, well, you know, we have a spot for one of you guys in first class. And I was like, ma'am, this dude needs to sit next to his son. <laughs> <laughs> 
According to his own, you know, admission, he I mean, has to sit by his to. son. He this can't is a possibly... young, impressionable man. All right, I can't be responsible for that. So I took the L and sat in first class you, while you my mother these was playing upgrades. I know it's only happened twice, but you that's didn't even enough. give it to your mom. You didn't give it to your mom. No, because she had to sit with my sister. Oh, yeah, same See, story. Parents and kids, bro. Parents and kids. It's a rough life, man. Yeah, so I got my orange juice. In first class. <laughs> this drunk ass kid in, in first class. Wait, 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 wait. I can have no you're you're going to No, because the they offer you uh champagne or orange juice. And I was like, well, clearly champagne. They brought <laughs> no, me back orange juice. I will take the champagne. We're still over international waters, correct? And then they give you like at the time they would give you hot towels. It was nice. That's nice. It was nice. I need to fly somewhere with you. Maybe we get some, <laughs> get upgraded. It only comes after wild shit. <laughs> Me getting blackout drunk at 14 or proposing. There's no middle ground. When we, when we have some celebratory, you know, milestone. We should celebrate our ninth episode. <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, we are going to celebrate our ninth episode by doing a hard pivot to something we've never done before. And it might not work. And it might be completely edited out of the podcast. And you'll never hear this part. Or I might leave it in. Who knows? But I think today we're going to try to take a dad quiz. Dad quiz. Dad quiz time. And so we're going to take a quiz to find out what kind of dad you are. Quote, unquote. I'm a little nervous. What kind of dad do you think you are? Let's start there. Well, I don't even, so I don't know what our <laughs> what are possible. The choices? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, you know, is, is it going to pluck out, you know, some uh, like movie dad type thing? You know, like, hey, you're like this guy, you know? Or maybe, maybe it'll be like, you know, you're like, think of the Spice Girls, but dads. You're the sporty dad. You're the scary dad. You're the baby dad. The posh dad? The posh dad. Totally could be the posh dad. And the ginger dad. You never Maybe know. on the inside. You're about to find out. Let's find out. Maybe on the inside. Hey, let's find out. All right, so the way we're going to do this is that Chris and I are going to take the exact same quiz on our own, and then we'll reveal our answers afterwards. But we'll go through them question by question. So... So question number one, where do you love to be the most? A big city, in nature, relaxing at home, at a party. Are we discussing answers? Or are we just going to answer? Yeah, let's discuss. Because this is a very easy answer for me. Oh, hell yeah. Both of us. <laughs> right? Are we thinking the same thing? Yeah. Heck yeah. All right, right. One, two, three. Relaxing, relaxing at, at home. home. Hell yeah. Why would I want to be any? No. <laughs> I might be at a party. Maybe. But I don't I don't love. Yeah. Not the I don't love it the most. No. Yeah, I don't love it the most. I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> it's very true. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, I mean, you now with three kids. Oh hell no. Big city, if I was single, see? I, if I, I was guess. At, if I was single, maybe. If I, I was I, single, I'd be in nature alone. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm aller- I'm I'm allergic to bee stings and ant bites. So okay. you don't nature, have to be outside. Nature doesn't you could want be in me. like a cabin. But nature doesn't want me. Man. All right, that's fair. Either way, we'll be relaxing at home. Yep, relaxing home. The All true right. answer. All right, question two. What field is your dream job in? Whatever pays the most? Art or music? Nudge, nudge. Sports or science or academics? Dream job. Okay, this is interesting because I guess dream job is the operative phrase mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of... Is a very finite <laughs> category. Yes, this is, a, this is a very wide category. All right, well, I'm going to go with art or music. Only because it's a dream job. Although it... Because whatever pays the most, I, I truly believe that a job is not your life. It is only a part of it, right? Right, right, right. So if I'm making bank at my job, that means my hobbies and free time get to be crazy. Because I have disposable like, income. That's a that's an argument for whatever pays the most. Exactly. Okay. But if my dream job is in art and music, am I making money? There's a lot of so, struggling artists out here. My my dream job would be whatever pays the most but requires the least amount of effort. Okay, that is the, is the dream job, see? <laughs> so does that mean you're going with whatever pays the most? Honestly, the other the only other option honestly would be <laughs> we were just talking about this. <laughs> like going back to school and stuff. Yeah. Francis was like, what would you do? I was like, I would I would do a podcast, honestly. Really? If I could do a podcast as like a primary source of income, bet your ass I would do that. You hear Can that, we call it, is that art? Is that art? Let's make dreams come true. Can we? Patreon.com slash Samurai Pete. Yes, that's right. <laughs> what's the, what's would the you lowest, call it art? What's would the lowest donation on our Patreon page? I think it's five. We mm-hmm. could bump. We could take it down to one, guys. Really, for five dollars a month, you too can sponsor your own dad. We're about to find out what kind of dad you're sponsoring. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you'll change your mind. <laughs> I, I texted my cousin this morning, like "Happy Thursday," but uh-huh. my keyboard slipped, so I typed "Happy Thursday, Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> So from now on, Thursdays are officially called Thursdaddy. Thursdaddy. <laughs> we want to, to move recording date or, or publishing date to Thursdaddy. Dude, that's a shirt right there. I live for Thursdaddy. Thursdaddy. Dude, were you dictating text messages to me earlier? Yes. That's what <laughs> I, I do like, when I'm in the car. Why? Did it come out whack? Yeah. Oh. I was like, why the fuck does it say period so much? It's like, oh. He's using voice to text. (laughs) Well, because I'm used to doing it the old school way where you had to say every punctuation mark. Now Google wants to be all fucking fancy. Yeah. yeah. The other day, it put in a question mark without me saying it. It can can detect your inflections. What? Well, if you start, also, if you start with certain words, you know what I mean? I guess. AI, AI is smart, man. Fucking chill, AI. Let me type my old way. What happened to T9? <laughs> Bring back T9 texting, please. All right, but let's focus. Let's Most focus. people don't even know what that is. All right, so <laughs> would you call that art, my friend? I think so. I think you would call that uh, the the social arts. Social arts, content create. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a liberal art. So you're going I'm with a, art and music? Going, yeah. Yeah, I'm going art. In that context, I'm going art. I think in that context... I might switch to whatever pays the most. I mean, 
Because either way, because <laughs> either way, I'm doing this podcast. That's true. You know, that is true. I'm going to be the difficult one. I'm going to go with whatever pays the most. Let's make this interesting. Mm. I'll keep it at art. All right. Question three. When is the best time to have kids? Mm. Early 30s, late 30s, early 20s, late 20s. I know my answer to this right off the bat. Mm. Growing up, I always said that I wanted to have kids at 27. Why that number specifically? Because, so my mom had me when she was 23, Mm -hmm. and I really loved the type of relationship she and I had in the Mm -hmm. sense that we could relate to pop culture a lot. And I think I got my love of pop culture, both like TV media, audio media, from just having these discussions with my mom. Watching shows with my mom, watching, we went to the movies every single uh, Saturday mm-hmm. and like watched relevant stuff, not just because she was watching it with her kid, but because she liked it, right. you know? And I always felt like having that age, right? Where like I'm maybe 25 years older than my kid would allow me to stay in that loop longer. Sure, sure. sure. And have that relatability. Didn't work out that way. Thanks, life. But (laughs) (laughs) it's what I originally (laughs) planned. I I would probably go, you know, my first instinct is early 30s. Nice. Okay. Why? I feel not that I think there's anything wrong with having kids in your 20s. I just feel like early 20s is probably just too early for most people. <laughs> that I would agree. I mean, you I know? think only specific people can probably pull that off. You yeah, I mean, or specific circumstance. You're just you're you're just becoming an adult, man. You know what I mean? But let's be honest. Some people in their early 20s are still trying to figure themselves out and get their get their act together. Late 20s you could still be doing that. But um that's kind of the time when you know, if you're following a typical track of career you know you're like you've established yourself a bit you still have more responsibilities than before but not enough so that you can't really go out and just you can just go out and enjoy yourself for a little while yeah i feel like early 30s is when things start to kind of people reach that point where they're like i'm gonna start to slow things down a little bit Mm. you know i've lived some life yeah yeah You, you you sow your oats by then typically all right, Chris. You know what? What? Sowing oats. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people aren't going to know that either, are they? <laughs> T9 texting. We're aging ourselves. That's fine. Um, okay. I so mean, you're going to go with early you know, late, 30s. late 30s. I mean, that's what I did essentially. So I mean, I and the only I'm reason. Right yeah. The only only reason why I wouldn't choose that is just because by the time the kids get older, I'm going to be old as dirt. Uh, but my parents had me when they were 30. Okay. Uh, yeah, 30 or a little older, a little older than 30, which was which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like the early 30s. I feel like at least Hispanic foreigners have their kids earlier. Mm-hmm. Like the old school. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like my mom's generation and before. Yeah. Right? And it's that mentality of like Having kids is a part of your life experience as opposed mm-hmm. to like, I'm going to get mine 
and then I'm going to have kids. Yeah, and then I'll have kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're going to stick with early 30s. I'm going to stick with late 20s. All right. All right. All right. Next question. Speaking of kids, how many kids do you want? One, two, three, or four. Did you have a plan before you had kids about how many you wanted? We, so our family, my family only has two, my brother and myself. Francis's family has four. Her, um, uh, many of her relatives also have anywhere from two to four. Mm. So we kind of hovered around, we want to have at least three, which is where we are now. Okay. And we're looking ahead to four and it's like, well, <laughs> in in the middle of having a youngster now, we're, you know, we're like, we might wait a little bit, but I, I do think we would eventually go um, see if there's a place for another one. Okay. But really it's, you know, whatever the good Lord provides. Fair enough. So you're going to go with four. Yeah, I'll go four. Even before I met Steph, I always wanted two to three. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. My mom is the only one of her siblings to have kids. So really? I don't have. You have, don't have any cousins? So I, yeah, I have like second cousins, I guess. And me and my sister are 13 years apart. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really grow up. I wouldn't say I grew up, you know, with a sister. Yeah. Because by the time she was like five, I went off to college. Mm-hmm. So I, I've i always been really curious about the sibling dynamic. And I was like, okay, I think two to three kids would work out, you know? Yeah, Frances has a similar experience with her younger brothers. And so when I met Steph, we agreed that three would be pretty good. We wouldn't mind having two and possibly adopting a third. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we were always open to that. Now that we have one, is that how we feel? Only time will tell. Yeah. But we'll definitely have two. We'll definitely have two. But I'll say three. So the, this is what I hear from big families. Uh-huh. Three is the worst. Wow. Because that is, <laughs> cause that's the first time <laughs> That's the wow. first time you're like outnumbered sure. as parents. But then... The legend has it that once you get to four and beyond, it's all the same. <laughs> They're like, there's, there's something about, well, like your, your first is usually old enough to really, to really help. Yeah. Your, your second might be by then, but they just say the chaos you have in the house at four doesn't get any worse beyond that. It's so it's just like always chaos. <laughs> But somehow that almost sounds like a backward reason. Yeah, but for somehow like it's like it's like easier. You're, you're just living in it, you know. Is it easier, or is it just no longer adding any more badness? Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Because those are two different concepts. I hear easier. That's fair. Well, I may never know. We may never know. What stereotypical dad look would you rock? Oh boy. Early graying, new balance. <laughs> All right, so wait, let's describe these for a second. Because <laughs> I know, I was, gonna, I was looking at this other one. I was like, dude, that could have been us. So like my, me and my dad. Early graying. I'm assuming that's just hair overall, right? Pulling that out. New balance seems like what, like sneaker dads, sweatpants. So. Yeah, it is a little hard to tell from the picture. I don't. I don't even think the picture 
See, what is this? Huge mustache? The guy doesn't even have a mustache. Yeah, no. Come on. You, the the picture is the matter. effort. Where's the effort? <laughs> All right. Huge mustache, new balance, early graying, or khakis all day. This is so funny. Like, I'm I'm almost positive I have a picture like this with my dad. You I should probably go find it and post it. <laughs> so this is not what look do we have, but what look would we rock? What look would you rock? What stereotypical dad look would you rock? So the, the New Balance dad, is that the, I've got chunky sneakers and I'm wearing Like jeans sweatpants. Or sweatpants, yeah. New Balance seems like a sweatpants dad. True, true. You know? True. Okay. Huge mustache, pretty self-explanatory. Khakis all day gives me like khakis with a tucked in polo vibe. Yeah, yeah. Early graying speaks for itself. I'm probably a New Balance dad. But again, it's not what you are, it's what you want. Is that what you I, want? If, if it wasn't, that I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us have choices. <laughs> I would go early graying. Like, it's like a debonair look? Yeah, like a classy, you know? Yeah, I, I think when, when the kids are old enough to be embarrassed by me, we should probably, you know, up the game a little bit. <laughs> I feel like I could pull off... I already have gray in my beard after this last year of trying to survive. But I've had gray in my hair since I was like 21. Yeah. I know it's coming. Yeah. I mean, I shave it all off now. So hey, I'm past early graying. My hair is either long or completely buzzed because I do it myself. I can't do a huge mustache. I wish Would I, I rock could do a though? huge mustache. I don't even think I'd rock it though. Even if I could. Yeah, it depends. Huge mustache with beard, huge mustache, no beard. I don't think I could do just a mustache. Mm -hmm. I would need the beard to go along and match it. Like I couldn't pull off some 70s, 60s shit, you know? You're not not doing no Freddie Mercury? No. And I literally think I've worn khakis like twice outside of like professional events. Yeah, not really, not really my thing. All right. New balance and going new balance. Yep. What's the best trait a father could have? A sense of fun, honesty, a sense of pun. Oh, hell yeah. And understanding. I don't know why it's small. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just a number of letters. The word understanding is tiny. (laughs) Understanding. Understanding. (laughs) Interesting. What's the best trait a father could have? Mm. This is interesting, Chris. You know, I grew up without a father. Hmm. No that example. is very interesting. No example. What do you think is most the best trait for you to have? I mean, a sense of pun, clearly, but that's not the best. <laughs> that's like my best, <laughs> not best for my child. Uh, I w- I'll probably go with honesty. I am leaning honesty also. Mostly because I think I'll probably end up being the one to tell my kid, hey, you know, we all have limitations and you just found yours. Stop that. (laughs) (laughs) I just imposed one on you. I I think it's a matter of what what am I going to impart on my kids? Mm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes 
you know, stuff will go down. You know, you got two kids and you're trying to divvy up stuff equally. And sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And, and Io might get upset about it or Benji might get upset about it. You know, and they're like, it's not even, or he got more. And I'm like, Hey, it's not always going to be even. <laughs> and it's not always going to be fair. That's right. Prepping them. Yeah. It's like the sooner you understand that, probably the better for you. No, I agree. I'm very much a realist, uh, much to the chagrin of every single person around me. <laughs> and I feel like understanding would probably be second, but yeah. that's really more stiff. Mm. Mm-hmm. She covers the understanding. Mm. Mm-hmm. I cover like the brutal honesty of yeah. like, you know what, son? That doesn't fit you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not, that's not your style. You should not have bleach blonde hair, <laughs> even though I did when I was your age. <laughs> I know. But dad, your pictures, yeah, don't worry about it. Learn that. from my mistakes. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, be, yeah, I'll be honest with you, it was a mistake. That's right. That's why I did it seven times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bald now, son. <laughs> I know. I am paying the price. Oh, man. All right. Finally. What is your dad most oh, like? No. <laughs> what is one of these answers a ghost? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> what do you sp- can beat up your dad? All right, here are the options. A total geek, super cool, can beat up your dad. We're not that close. I guess that is my default I, I answer. Guess they, I guess they've, yeah. I'm going to have to go with super cool for mine. Aww. That's nice. So I wouldn't call him a total geek at all. I mean, no, not if he's singing sexy harmonies and people are like, <laughs> when are you going to tour? <laughs> that sounds super cool to me. Could I beat him up? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could beat him up. But my dad had polio. So. Really? Yeah. Did you ever know? Well, yeah, you probably haven't seen him all that much. I think but maybe if you, like once. Yeah. If you ever see him, you'll notice he has, he walks with a limp. Mm. And, um, yeah, so he he contracted polio, and it it actually did uh, it impacted like the shape of his leg. Mm. So it's it's always it's always in this sort of it's almost like he's always in a heel, like wearing a heel position. Yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah. kind of always up on the ball. Of his um, foot. Yeah. So he he needs to, and it's it's a it, like the, his leg is his one leg is thinner than the other. Sure. And so he, he um, so thank you Jonas Salk for saving my dad. Um. <laughs> He always has to wear boots, yeah. You know, just to give him the support. But um, so could I beat him up? Probably, but only because he had polio. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is a dark dad episode. <laughs> uh, but he's really—he's super cool. He, he's not super cool in the sense that, like, I'm too Leather cool jacket, for you. Too cool. Yeah, he's not that guy. Riding cool. a bike. Yeah. He's—he's he's just like the nicest guy, type of cool. And you know what? That's yeah. my kind of cool. Exactly. And now for the results. Here we go. Done with quiz. Is it going to put both of us like together? Oh. And the answers ah. are. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. All right, you want to read? You want me to? Read? I'll, I'll read mine. You read yours. All right. Okay. I got the traditional dad. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> We're about to find out. Like Eugene's dad. You might be a little hard on yourself and those around you, but it's only because you've worked your ass off to get to where you are and believe in those around you. 
You prefer honesty over humor and never fail to get shit done. I don't know how much I agree with this. No? Okay, okay. Take me through it here. All right. First of all, my name's Eddie, not Eugene. I don't know. Yeah. Why? (laughs) I don't know why it says Eugene. Unless they're talking about like Bob's Burgers, in which case I could relate to Bob as a person. I'm definitely a little hard on myself and those around me, so it definitely got me there. But it's not because I've, I guess it is because I've worked my ass off <laughs> social emotionally uh, to get to where I am. And I, and I do believe in those around me. Oh, my God. Uh, we oh were, my God. <laughs> BuzzFeed got it right. Oh, my God. Uh, um, and lastly, I do prefer, uh, I don't prefer honesty over humor. I prefer honest humor. Boom, every, BuzzFeed. Every joke has a little bit of truth in it. Exactly. The funny thing is the truth and mm-hmm. how crappy it is and never fail to get shit done. I mean, I okay. Dude, it nailed you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. I don't know how much I agree with this. Freaking <laughs> Your four name is four. Eddie Fuentes. You were born February 1st, 1980. Oh, my God. Oh, my. How did you figure all this out? All right. What did Stop you get? Google. Okay. I got. Oh, my goodness. The <laughs> The chill dad. <laughs> Uh, like Zach's father. Who the hell are these people? I don't know. Zach and Eugene. Like Zach's dad, your charm and humor make you loved by everyone, even if you're a bit sarcastic at times. You always follow your passions, whether it be work, play, or ideally a magical combination of both. Whoa. Wow. How do you feel about this? Are you, I don't, are you chill? Uh, probably. I don't, I don't, I don't think of myself as humorous. You know what I mean? You're pretty funny. Yeah, but not when if we're in a group setting. I'm not the funny guy. Mm. You know, you know what I mean. I'm not I, that guy. I don't know. You get, we got to kind of get one on one, and I'll jab some jokes in there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not late for the party guy. But that's not what this is saying. I, yeah, You're I, the guess, chill I guess the chill of the party one is guy. Not, yeah, yeah. You're the guy. That's like in the side room, having small conversations, listening to records and singing harmonies. Nailed it. Boom. I am a, I am a bit sarcastic at times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I follow my passions. It's true. Work and play, ideally both, which is exactly what I was talking it's about literally <laughs> word for word, I think, what God you said. What the fuck, BuzzFeed? Wow. How do you know? How how did they know? And who's Zach and Eugene? (laughs) Well, there you go. Welcome to the Midnight Connection, where the traditional dad and the chill dad talk about things. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Who's who? Find out. So, we have found out that we are traditional and chill. But the question is, are we still those kinds of dads when there's conflict afoot? Conflict afoot. Jesus, what am I? <laughs> afoot. What am I what am I trying to do here? It's like I'm DMing a game. Exactly. <laughs> we can't do both in the same days. It's too much. The crossover is too much. Oh man. So conflict resolution. I, I don't necessarily have any specific things to talk about this, but I Assume that we can talk about this in a lot of different kinds of contexts. The our parent to us type of conflicts and conflict resolution, us to our partners, us to our kids, or 
us and our partner to our kids or to our parents. You know, there's a lot of ways you can yeah, cut yeah. this cake. Yeah, yeah. How do you want to start? What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say conflict resolution? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind would definitely be like inter-family conflicts now. Okay. Like that could go lots of different, yeah, both like directly me and my kids, me and me and his missus, or the two of us and the kids. <laughs> definitely, like you said, um, every which way. Yeah. What about you? I think for me, when I hear conflict resolution, I, I've always said that I don't shy away from fights or arguments, I should call them, because they aren't really fights. Mm-hmm. I tend to be the one that probably pushes things into <laughs> more distressful things, not in a, not in like a malicious way, but in a way of I truly believe that arguments and fights in in the moment don't matter in the context of a relationship at large. Mm. Right. And and by that, I mean, like, you know, Steph and I will argue or have disagreements and you know how it is. Sometimes you fight with your significant other and it just feels like shit in the sense yeah. that like, maybe you had a great day. Maybe you accomplished a cool task and you're like proud of yourself. You're feeling yourself. Everything's going great. And then just for some reason, sometimes personalities just don't mix in the moment. You have an argument and it can feel like, fuck, yep. this sucks. <laughs> We hate each other. Like, what are we even doing here? You know? Yeah. And I hate feeling that feeling because it makes me not want to have open discussion. Right? Right. Because I do feel that the discussion is important, even though sometimes the result of that discussion is an argument, is a disagreement, is emotions flaring. And it's because... A fight happens for however long it does. You know, it's a it's a defined period of time. But the relationship is bigger than that, right? Mm-hmm. The reason you're arguing half the time is because you care. Mm-hmm. So I don't get caught up in that stuff. I would rather have an argument than somebody in whatever type of relationship we're talking about here, you know, parent to child, whatever, somebody holding those feelings in. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hold your feelings inside kind of human. I truly feel that that's toxic to yourself and you can keep that up for a little bit, but eventually you're going to explode and it is worse than if you just talked and had a little tiff. I agree. I I would rather talk about it, but I I don't know if that's a product of like, I'm a thinker, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I approach things predominantly from a, a logical perspective. Yeah. And so the, I, I would like to think that help, that helps me understand other viewpoints. And it's not that I don't couldn't understand a different viewpoint. It's just that the communication around that can make things difficult and murky. Mm-hmm. But what we do what we do for the kids, and, and actually this happened, um, I was been going through a lot of this right now, actually, where and she will like she'll get scared feelings at nighttime mm-hmm. for you know various different reasons, or if she's trying to to do something with her schoolwork uh, and she's struggling with it, she she'll get you know she'll get really like deep into her frustration, and and you can like we can tell that you know, every once in a while she'll vocalize like a pretty negative thought, you know, mm. you know you know the kind of stuff that you go through when you're when you're young and still sure. yeah. Yeah, something bad happens and you just feel like crap and you say 
say stupid things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what the tact that I've been taking with her when that comes up is like, hey, you're gonna ha- you're gonna feel these feelings. Like you can't really stop feelings from happening. They just happen, right? And she had when she was younger, she had this. I cannot remember the name of it, but it was a whole like exercise about becoming aware of your emotions and then um, identifying them and then figuring out what steps you can take that work for you to kind of work through that. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, what are you feeling? What can you do? And then how are you feel after? And so we try to keep doing that with her. It's like, Hey, it's like, I know you this this feeling you're having. It sucks. I know, you know, I know what you've been through because I was there also. And I'm not telling you that it's wrong that you're feeling that way. Because one time she was getting really frustrated and she was just kind of like flailing about, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and doing that kind of stuff. I was like, "That's just how it can, manifests itself." Because yeah, you can feel frustrated. It's like, but we don't want this, you know. Like we don't want this kind of behavior to come from that. We can do other things, and you know. And then it's like, do you remember what we used to do when you were young and you had your cards? It's like, what other things could you do instead to sort of to get past the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to like I'll say stuff like that, and I'll say stuff like. It's not about you trying to stop or control the feeling. It's about you understanding how you can work through it, you know? And I try to plant that seed in her head yeah, so that she has something to kind of latch on to, I hope. Absolutely. When she's trying to figure out what to do. Because her, when she gets scared at night, like it it could literally, well, I'll tuck her in and we'll do the good night thing. And she, like, before I even leave the room, she's crying. Yeah. (laughs) She feels the panic setting. Yeah. I'm like, you know, that it's. You go through a whole range of emotions because, you know, like I might, I mean, chances are pretty good. I was, I'm about to go get into some, you know, some kind of work or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I like stuff I want to do. It's already super late because our kids go to sleep. It's like, what's, what's bothering you, you know? And it's hard not to be, to feel frustrated as a parent. Absolutely. You're like, you just, you just got to go to sleep. <laughs> just know? like every other child in it's the like, world. <laughs> and we tell them, you know, we're like, you guys sleep so much later than everybody else. It's 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 challenging now with them getting older and getting into these more complex emotions and experiences and trying to navigate all that. Yeah. So, do you think that you get that approach like the logical, hey, don't necessarily run away from this or try to avoid this, but try to look at this and see if you can get actually through it? Do you think that you get that from the way you were raised? You know, I don't think so. So where do you think that comes from? I think um, because my, we didn't have, I didn't have a lot of conflict with my parents. Mm. They, uh, they were super lenient with me uh, when when I was growing up. They, even though I was out kind of doing stuff most of the time, they knew. They didn't always, didn't always like it, but I was pretty honest with them about it. At around the same time, like when I would typically be doing those unsavory things i was getting really into this uh, like a youth group <laughs> so sure <laughs> so I, while i wasn't participating in my dad's or my parents community i, I had my own yeah and i was really into it and they could see that because they would come attend things every once in a while it's like oh he's you know he's like really into this and he's taking he's got like leadership roles in this and he's that invested kind of it's not like just dicking around yeah i mean i'll you know i wasn't always a good kid by any means, but they trusted me, mm-hmm. you know, and we just didn't, we just didn't have a lot of arguments about stuff. Yeah. 
And it, we we had a kind of had this understanding because I, I would if there was stuff that I really wanted to do, I would just do it. If I needed money for something, I'd work for it or whatever, and I'd take care of it, do it myself. Like when I got a pager, you guys even know what a pager is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told my parents, I was like, I really want a pager, and they're like, We're not well. And I was like, I'll get it. I'll you know, I'll get. I've I've got a job. I'm making the money. I'll pay for it. Yeah. I'm like okay. You know, what are they going to say? They had never done anything like that for me because we just didn't have that kind of conflict. And I was, I, I mean, I had moments definitely of like low self-esteem, low self-confidence and all, all, all the, you know, all the things that many teenagers and such go through. I had a mm-hmm. lot of that. Did they ever have like conversations about emotions and just no. like management of emotions with you? No. Like you're talking about? No, no, no. They're just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, it, he's it never came thing. up. Yeah, oh, okay. it, it never came up. So we would we had never really discussed it. But I, I think what got me through a lot of that really was my involvement in that youth group. And yeah. so that gave me a really firm foundation to exist off of, basically. And it was a foundation that they understood. Exactly. It was like yeah. a way that they could be reassured that whatever is going on, you have that anchor. Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't say I had a lot of conflict with my mother. Like I said, I, I was raised single mother, so my mom worked, you know, on the come up, as I call it, the <laughs> time in my life. My mom was always working two to three jobs, and because of that, I was always with my mom. Like, mm-hmm. I would go with her to her late job, do my homework in the office, right? She had her cleaning business that was getting off the ground at the time, but she cleaned at other places. One of the regular places that I would go to is a hospice, like when she would be cleaning and just doing my stuff. But because of that, she always knew what was going on in my life. And it wasn't that I ever fought with her, although we did have disagreements. But I remember I would be upset about like if I was getting bullied, you know what I mean, or something like that. And my mom would always say the same thing. And that's, why do you care? (laughs) Yeah. Not not in like a a shit way, like grow up, but in the sense that she was always trying to open my eyes to the fact that people are always going to have opinions mm-hmm. and it's up to you as the person receiving those feelings what you're going to do with them. Right. Are yeah. you going to let someone's words dictate how you feel? Or are you going to just be like, that's just the reality of that person, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Right. And because of that, I always got into the mentality of like, okay, yeah, whatever people say, I don't care. And Mm -hmm. if I have issue with somebody, I'm not going to like, like, I've never been in a fight. Actually, Mm -hmm. that's not true. (laughs) I got into a fight one time in ninth grade, but when I did get in trouble with my mom, and I have done some dumb stuff in my life. <laughs> Everybody, that, yeah. that probably warranted, you know, getting my ass beat. And it's also coming up, immigrant parent, coming mm-hmm. from a childhood in a different country. You know, my mom always says that when she was young, she got her butt whooped mm-hmm. as a form of punishment. And because of that, she vowed never to hit her child. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, I can say I was never hit. Mm-hmm. She did pull my ears. That was like it for me. But yeah. 
she never physically touched me that way. And I had a healthy respect for her mm-hmm. that she didn't do that stuff because I knew the stories of her and and her mom. And she would always tell me, she's like, you know, because I would totally be like a drama kid. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Life is over. <laughs> Mom, if you don't get me this CD player with no skip, I'm just going to be a freaking loser. <laughs> the, no, the no skip CD player. I need it. And my mom would be like, what are you crying for? I'm like, but mom, she don't understand. Like all these kids, like they have these things. And she's like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't need to be crying. Did somebody hit you? That's what she would always say. She's like, did somebody hit you? Did somebody hurt you in some irreversible way? Can you, are you hungry? Do you not have food? Benji Benji will do that. Really? Yeah, he'll cry. And then we're like, are you like, like, I understand you're disappointed, but are you hurt? Like, hurt? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, no. It's like, okay. Like, then chill can, out, please. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to cry. Like, I get your feeling the way about it, but you don't need to cry. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think I heard that enough as a kid that as an adult, that is kind of my mentality of like, man, life could always be worse. Mm. And, like, everyone has their own bad stuff going on. Like, we can't pretend to know other people's stories. Like, yeah, maybe this person's being a dick, but they're a dick because of some unknown reason. Yeah. You know, they got yeah. their own they got their own stuff going on. And because of that, I tend to be, like, super neutral when it comes to conflict. Mm-hmm. Annoyingly so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing about angry people. And I'm not talking about kids here. Just... Older humans, <laughs> people who are angry need someone to, I'm not going to say validate or justify, but acknowledge mm-hmm. that frustration in a way that is conducive to the person who is angry, right? Like yeah, they want a stoker. Yeah. And, like, sometimes, yeah, it does feel good to be angry as long as, you know, you're not hurting anyone physically or emotionally. But I tend to be the one that, like, when I see flames starting to, like, like embers starting to grow, <laughs> I douse water on that ship pretty quick. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because I'm so neutral. And when when that energy comes across a neutral person, like, you know, I've worked retail before. I've gotten my ass chewed out by a lot of different people. I used mm. to work at Hallmark Creations. Old white ladies would be really upset if I didn't wrap their gifts the right way. <laughs> and when they would complain, I don't care about being like, yes, ma'am. Like, sorry. Like that. I, I apologize. I'll do it again. Right. But, mm. but you don't understand. I'm like, ma'am, it's done. Here you go. <laughs> And they get yeah. so pissed that they can't, like... Be mad. <laughs> be mad, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, obviously, Thea's really young, and she's not in any place where she really can talk about her emotions or who knows what she's going through at this point <laughs> in her life. She does mm-hmm. smile a lot, so that's good. But I, I would want her to learn when she's older that conflict is a part of life, and it's a part of communication, it's not everything. It, it doesn't have to be vile or disrespectful. 
mm-hmm. but that it's a form of communication as long as you are in control of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't be responsible for how other people feel. Right. But you can make an effort to understand and take that into consideration as you handle your business. One of the, there's a couple of things I want to, I don't want to forget them. Um, one of the, one of the things I like to tell uh, IO like when she's playing with friends or like other, you know, groups of kids and something doesn't go the way she wants, you know, I always tell her like, you can't control what other people are going to do. You know, like you can yeah. talk to them about it. You can tell them what you're planning to do or what you'd like to do. It's like, but you can't make them do anything. Like, and you can't control what they're thinking or what they're feeling as even if it relates to you. It's like, but, but I always tell her, it's like, you know, the best way that you can make good friends I said, you got to be a good friend to them, you know? Nice. And so, and and I'm like, and they're not always going to be nice. They won't even always be nice to you. You know, it's like, so kind of trying to get her set up for that. You know, it's like, you can only do what you can do in a situation. Yeah. And how other people respond to you. It is, it is what it is. But if you did what you, the best that you could, if you did what you felt was right, then you know, sometimes that's all you can do. You got to be okay with yourself. Exactly. Like you, you want that you want to walk away from this knowing that you did, you did right by you <laughs> basically. And I think it sinks in sometimes, but you know, she's still, she's still young, but she's definitely running into these situations and times where she does have to process that kind of thinking. Yeah. You know, so it's like we're, we're trying to, I'm trying to plant those thoughts in there so that when she's trying to sort out her feelings, it's like maybe, maybe, dad's voice kind of sneaks in there somewhere, you know? Totally. Now it's really good on you guys because that is what she'll remember in those moments. I hope so. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, I always remembered my mom's actions just as much as her words. Mm -hmm. And my mom would always say, you know, my mom is Catholic, pretty devout. She would always be like, God has a plan. He knows why he does things. I don't have to be angry about this person. They're going to, life will work its way the way it's supposed to, basically. Right. right. And I'm like, all right. Because <laughs> I think they suck. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you suck. Yeah, you suck, bro. I'll offer you this prompt and feel free not to respond to it or to. <laughs> completely move over it how does francis handle conflict not necessarily with you but with the kids in general she has she definitely does it's funny because we can both get very heated Mm -hmm. right so especially if if either one of us is kind of at our at the end of our room and just out, out of out of energy and out of that that kind of resource to put up with stuff yeah she finds empathy a lot faster than I do, you know, because mm. I try to, because I approach things so logically, I'm just like, you know, if we, if you, if you stop and think about it, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> like for you to, <laughs> for you to feel this way or whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. You're trying to be Spock. Which is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is such a dick thing to do in the middle I of the know. day. You know? I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Emotions are just in the way. Exactly. Like, yeah, you don't need those. Uh, so she finds it a lot faster than I do. Mm. Um, and so, which is nice because sometimes, for example, you, you know how I had respect my skills the other 
a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can put Callum to sleep, you know. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. yeah, that shit's over. <laughs> <laughs> How the turntables. Exactly. Every once in a while, I mean, I, I can still, he, he fights it, but I can still get him to sleep usually. But sometimes now, he is inconsolable, mm, right? That's interesting. It is hard when that happens because there, there is like literally nothing I can do to get him to stop from just wailing yeah. for a while, you know? And that's that's grating on everybody. Sure. But of course, the, the second she takes him, he's fine. <laughs> 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 so like I'm getting frustrated and, I, and I'm, I'm like, he just, it's just like, it's me. I could I could do exactly what you're doing and he'll and he'll just hate it. Yeah. That's the phase that we're in right now. She tries to to level me out when that happens. Yeah, like she she definitely has that other kind of empathetic approach. Yeah. But she she gets in her, you know, she gets frustrated with things just the same. It's hard cuz she'll she might end up saying something, you know, that's really not too great for the kids or I might say something that's not too great and we we both have to just be like, "Hey, you know, that was, we probably shouldn't be saying stuff like that. You know? <laughs> Only and then one when, of us. <laughs> yeah, and then when things calm down, we circle back and we're like, hey, well, we apologize to our kids. I yeah. don't know that, I don't know that our, that my parents did very much or ever really had to, honestly, because they really were great. But we do make it a point to come back to them and, and do that and apologize. Cause I know some parents just won't, you know, like, a, yeah. I don't know. It's a pride thing or whatever. When 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 the heads have cooled, you know, it's like, hey, I know that what I said wasn't really, you know, that wasn't nice of me. I should never have said that, and we'll apologize. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that that I think that teaches them a lot. Yeah, to, to see us do that. I I really try hard not to make them afraid of failure. Yeah, because it's like it's going to happen, and I tell her like, I even I mess up. You know it. You know. <laughs> I'll do things I, sh- I shouldn't be doing. And I, it happens all the time. And I have, and I apologize to you for that. So it's sort of like, you see me do it. So don't be afraid, you know, to have to do that yourself. Absolutely. I think, I think you've mentioned that before. I fully agree with that. I think it's so important for young children to realize that parents are humans and we're also learning. Yeah. And that process can be scary, but it, it's worth it. You know, it's like, it's worth it to go through those things with Steph and I, Steph is definitely the more empathetic person out of the both of us, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't call her the most emotional person between the both of us. Cause I think we trade in that role. Like Steph and I are, I, I am very much the logical person, right? I'm, I'm the Spock in Eight out of 10 cases, Uh I'm that guy. But with Steph in particular, I have the, it's like having another option come up, right? Like you can play another class. (laughs) Uh And then I switch from logical class to emotional guy class. Uh And when that happens, you know, it can be like adding gas to a fire but usually she'll balance me out in that sense and i think what steph and i have really learned because we're both when we met each other we were both extremely independent people Mm -hmm. i would argue that for most of my life in relationships i've always been the passive one 
and to be like, oh, you're upset? Yeah, sure. Let it out. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you want to do this? Oh, you don't want to do that one thing I want to do? That's cool. Yeah. And so I always kind of would put myself second for whoever I was dating at that time. After multiple breakups, obviously, that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> at some point, my my soul needs to be fed. So after my last relationship, before I met Stephanie, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be that fucking guy anymore. <laughs> okay? It's all about me now. It's me time. And then I met Stephanie, and I was like, you know what? Maybe it doesn't have to be all about me. <laughs> you know what? It's about we yes. <laughs> You know, it is about me time because I want to go out with this girl. And if, you know, she doesn't like video games, well, tough shit because that's who I am. You're either going to take me or you're not. Right. And, you know, Stephanie was also coming from a point in her life where she was trying to find herself her independence, her, you know, foundation. And she wasn't going to let someone else kind of take that mm. away, not away from her. That's probably the wrong way to phrase it, but get in the way of that. Right. And I think that's probably why we worked, right? Because it was like, yeah, the honeymoon phase is beautiful and everything's rosy. And we're going through the same things. And, oh, my God, we're the same person. And, oh, you have uh -huh. those fears, too? <laughs> and then it's like, you agree or you disagree on this one thing. And then you really find out yeah. who you are. Yeah. And sometimes I would find myself going back to my old tendencies of mm -hmm. just, it's not about m making room for another person. It's about unwillingly to some degree giving up a part of your room because someone else demands it not not in a verbal way of demanding it but just the way that they're acting demands that like emotional space to be mm -hmm. taken there are times where like i had to check myself to be like eddie are you going down the same road that you went down before is this what you want is there middle ground here Mm -hmm. Is it a slippery slope? Like if I give in too many times, is that setting up a precedent for later on to be taken over? And so I really had to struggle with those things. And that would lead to tiffs between mm -hmm. Stephanie and I. Not because we hated each other or we wanted to be mean to one another, but we were both literally like fighting for who are we? And like mm -hmm. trying to answer that question. But again, like I said, I never shy away from conflict. Yeah. So I'm always like, let's just talk it out. Like, yes, we are at peak emotion right now, but maybe that's the best time to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Say all this it's stuff. Not. <laughs> Usually it's not. It's not. And, but through those conversations and disagreements, we would begin to understand each other and what each other wanted, which was the same thing. Right. We, we want to have our own individual senses of self. And then we're each going to have moments where one of us needs to be the emotional dominant. Mm -hmm. And through our partnership, the other one will want to make room for that. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, she really needs me to like stand down. Mm hmm. But fuck that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's my time. I ain't doing that. Exactly. 
maybe once every couple couple fights. But <laughs> so we kind of developed this thing, and, and, and I've always said, you know, that Steph and I are never 50 50 percent mm-hmm. like emotional space wise because mm-hmm. that's just unrealistic yeah i don't care that it is quote unquote unbalanced that someone might feel i care that we're always at 100 percent together yeah it's never going to be equal all the time and like that flexibility and understanding between one another that's the part that always moves but we're moving in sync yeah we're taking care of each other's gaps and that is something where, you know, Steph and I do talk a lot about in the future, how is it going to be in front of Thea? Uh, that's one of the things I was going to ask. So, yeah, continue. And we have come to the agreement with one another that we're not, because Steph and I aren't like screamers or yellers, right? Like maybe something gets, you know, emotional as a rarity. Mm-hmm. But by and by, we're just talkers. We're very sharp <laughs> talkers, uh-huh. but it, it's it's just word, <laughs> it's word arguments. Uh-huh. So I think we we establish certain rules for ourselves that we came up with together when we're like not in conflict mm-hmm. to be like, hey, let's just keep conscious about what we're saying. Um, let's try our best not to curse. Not because we care about cursing, like in front of Thea or something like that, but just mm-hmm. because sometimes a curse word, even not directly directed at me or at her, can just raise the volume on everything, yeah. right? So, like, let's purposely just be mindful to try to, even if we want to say, like, you fucking suck, to be like, <laughs> man, you freaking suck. Because <laughs> yeah. even just that moment that you have to change the word— allows you to get control right it allows you to like represent yourself to what's going on we try to make sure that we never really raise our volume in front of thea Mm -hmm. so that she sees her parents talking back and forth but it's not like an emotional situation because i think it's unreal to try to like you know the behind closed doors right like that kind of stuff. My mom went through divorce and I remember hearing arguments. And like the one thing with my mom is like my mom got divorced twice. Mm. My mom didn't take no shit. But it was never like, fuck you, I'm leaving. It mm. was more like, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But I'm not doing that. So I guess I'll mm. be staying here and I guess we got to break up. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, I resonate with that because I saw her conflict skill as something that I wanted in my life mm-hmm. as opposed to something that like, oh, I'm scared of parents fighting. Right. Because that to me is not healthy. Just a, for me personally mm-hmm. to, to kind of feel that way. Man. So that's great that you guys have established those boundaries. So because Francis and I do get like, when, when we're in a fight fight, we do get pretty heated and it can get pretty loud. And the kids have heard it. Yeah. Like we're not, we can't really hide that. It's not always what we want them to see from us <clears throat> because sure. like, you know, when it gets bad like that, it, we, and don't let me forget, like there's something we started recently that I think will help a lot. Like they'll, they, they will go off together and they'll like write us notes. 
which is which is like super sweet. But like I said before, like when stuff like that happens, you know, like Francis and I will we'll go through it, and then we'll eventually cool down and find the peace, and then we'll we'll we always come back together, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when we end up coming back together, then we go to them and we talk through them, like we talk about like what happened. We talk to them about you know because we understand that it's not a nice thing to experience you know yeah you know we we talk them to them about it and say you know we and again we apologize for it it's like we don't you know we we were just discussing something and we got strong emotions about it but we're okay you know and and we always reassure them you know it's like you know even though we might fight about something we will always come back to each other yeah. you know we give them that reassurance they have what we did recently was um because I, I i was you know, having one of her moments and I, I think it was like i forget we were I, I can't remember if we were trying to get somewhere or you know, something for some reason like our our timeline was like short right? mm-hmm. we weren't able to, to give her as much time as attention in that moment as we would have liked to so we established kind of like a i guess essentially like a safe word so mm. we we're like hey if we you know if we ever reach the point where we're talking to you in a way that is you know making you feel unsafe or un you know like not good or it's making you scared or anything like that like you should you should have a way to tell us that that's awesome. where we can all we can all just kind of and so we were sitting around the table and trying to think of a word and I was I think I was holding Callum at the time and I said you know I was like do you remember why we chose that name for your brother and she said no I said well I was like Callum means like dove and peace, mm. right? So, so I said, if you ever, you know, if you ever feel that from us, why don't we just say like peace, please? Like you can say that to us. Like feel you have every right to say that to us, and we'll, you know, we can pull it back. And then it, it's something that we can, like, all of us can just sort of say to each other to just bring down the level. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's hard, man. Like I, and so, and that the difficult thing in conflict for us usually is just, we think so differently. Yes. You know, Francis and I, and so I, I will have thought through something to like the nth degree, you know? <laughs> and, and I was, I was actually telling uh, Io this the other day because, so I was in the office working, Francis was downstairs and the kids were in the bathroom. They were getting ready for, for bed. And, they started arguing like about toothpaste or something, but all, all that Francis could hear was them arguing and Benji had gotten upset. So he came out of the room and he was telling Francis that he was upset about something. And then, so Francis then, you know, was trying to find out from Iowa what happened, mm-hmm. but I could kind of overhear what she was doing, you know? So she came in, I was like, I was like, tell me what happened. Right. She's kind of like, she's like me, you know, it, the whole, I was like, why did you tell him you can't, he can't use the toothpaste? <laughs> and, and she went through this whole thing, right? She she's like, well, because they have two separate toothpastes right now. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. She's like, well, if if Benji decides to use the toothpaste that I'm using, no one's going to use the toothpaste that he likes. And if no one's using the toothpaste, then we're probably going to end up throwing it away. And we don't want that. I don't want that to happen because he might end up not liking mine anymore and want to go back to that, and it'll be gone. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> can't argue with logic and i was like so i was like what you're really trying to do is protect his toothpaste and she was like yeah <laughs> and, I was like, 
<laughs> I know. And I was like, Io, I was like, you're like me. Like you, you'll think about something. And, and I said, you gotta look at it this way. You have, you've thought this whole thing through and you're like way down here in this thought process. It's like, but what you said to him was way up here and that's all that he sees. Mm. Right? And that's all that he experiences. And, and I, and I was like, and that's all that mama got from this whole thing because she doesn't know any of this other stuff that's going on like in your head, you know? And, and I was like, this is exactly why she like, <laughs> why mama and I get into fights sometimes because yeah. we, we just think so, so differently about things. And, and even just the way that we say things, the interpretation is different and the, you know, like how the perception is different. And so there's, there's so much there to navigate. Yeah. And it, it's just so hard. And now that the kids are growing up, they, they're, they're finding their own voices and they're having conflict between each other, you know? The other day we were, we were like, you know, like I was like, my brother and I didn't really fight that much. And she's like, well, he's five years older than me, you know? Yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure as as people, like as our friends start having more kids and older kids, it's, it's just like inevitable that it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like we're not always going to see that, like, but we have, you know, everyone is kind of going through this process of trying to teach their kids how to handle these things, you know? It's true, man. I think, you know, of the things you said, you guys do a lot of things right by your kids. And I think that's that's what it comes down to. And and like you said, I'm I'm very much like you. I think way too far ahead. You know what I mean? Almost to the point where like if Stephanie and I are in a tiff or whatever, I'll literally be like, this moment doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like not not the not the us fighting doesn't matter like what we're arguing about and and this expression of emotion that like yeah maybe we need to take a second for one another cuz what Stephanie and I have come to realize about one another is that we are very different we do think extremely differently but we also process really differently mm -hmm. i'm a really quick processor Right. Like something happens or I hear information and like maybe it triggers my anger response. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really quick to be like, oh, that was a dick thing to say, mm -hmm. but I don't need to express it in a, in a negative way. I can just be like, that was the wrong thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas Steph might need me to like, understand how she feels and like i said she's more uh empathetic and feels everything yeah and she'll always tell me you know i process things through feeling so like if she was upset about something a couple days ago and she's recanting it she has to feel that feeling as she's recanting it mm-hmm and I'm like, I always say it all the time. I'm like, dude, that sounds tiring. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. That sounds yeah. so exhausting. Like, I can't do that. And it, and it's my own coping mechanism to be like, I'm not. Going to feel it. I'm yeah. not going to feel it. And, you know, neither one is right or wrong. It's just, it is what it is. But definitely, like, I'm taken away from this, like, having those conversations with your kid afterwards and coming up with those coping skills with them because that's what we're all trying to do. It's like we're all trying to cope. We're all mm -hmm. trying to cope. Stephanie and I also have code words for each other mm -hmm. if we get to the point where, like, there needs to be a clean break. 
right? Like we will, if, if it ever gets to that point, like one of us will say a certain word and like, no matter what is happening, it's like the end of a boxing round. We both go mm-hmm. to our corners, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, even if I, in the argument felt like I was in the right, she was in the wrong you know, she feels bad, but it doesn't matter to me because she was in the wrong. Even if I totally feel justified in my feelings and it goes for her too, after a certain amount of time, we'll just be like, yo, you hungry? Like, should we? <laughs> <laughs> or or I'll even be like, food's here, uh-huh. right? Like I would have already ordered it. And it's just like, let's just watch a TV show and just like chill out. And sometimes it's it can come across as like, oh, you're just ignoring it. But really, it's like, we're just moving on. Yeah. Because in the scheme of things, it doesn't change how much we love each other. It doesn't change how much we respect one another. We're just different people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. As long as it's done with respect. Yeah. Conflict rev- revolution. Revolution. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Conflict resolution. That was, a, that was a good conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think a we talked to in there. a... I think we tiptoed really well. (laughs) I think we tiptoed super well. Oh, man. All right. Let's pivot out of this hole of of a segment before we get way too deep into it. So we want to close today with something that Chris and I have been talking behind the scenes of maybe wanting to do. And as we know, October is concluding. This episode comes out before Halloween, but the next episode we record is literally the day after Halloween, I believe November 1st. Correct. So Chris and I thought it would be cool to do kind of like a little horror movie review segment. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Chris, are you a fan of horror movies? Somewhat. I, ha- I have a weird fascination that comes around once in a while. <laughs> Is there a particular like, kind of horror that you like? Because there's so uh, much. You know, I th- there was a short stint where I was I had like a gore thing mm. that just fascinated me. Like a hostile kind of vibe? Uh, I actually didn't watch that. That's a gory fucking movie. But... Uh, yeah, like like Saw and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, a I great like, franchise. I, was like, I don't know why I kind of want to watch that right now. <laughs> Interesting. But I did. Um, I don't go looking for horror movies, typically. Sometimes I get curious, you know. That people will say, oh, this one's a really good one. I'm like, oh, is it really? I used to hate horror movies when I was young. As a, as a person of strong faith, how do you feel about, like, religious kind of horror movies uh so, okay so if it's if it's something like let's say exorcist for example mm-hmm. scares the shit out of me because as a catholic exorcisms for us is a very real thing yeah you know like it's there are ass. legit yeah there are legit like specialist priests that just do exorcisms yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that and the diesel ones there are, yeah, there are stories galore of this stuff going down and it's like damn that that is scary because it could actually be true, yeah. you know, from what we believe. Some people take umbrage with movies that kind of put the faith to the test. I don't. I've never really 
cared, you know, because if you, you know, if you can't withstand something challenging your face, then how strong is it? You know? Wow. So, cause I, my, <laughs> we used to, I mean, we were young kids playing D and D that's how it started. Like my brother would, they'd be like, why are you playing that? There's demons and devils in there. I'm like, well, it's not mm. going to change my face. Exactly. But there was a whole thing about it. Like, you know, make sure your kids don't play D and D. That's true. I remember the, the satanic panic. Yeah. yeah. And and then the, the movies would come around. They're like, Oh, they, they're painting the face in really bad light. It's like, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to look at things. And, you know, sometimes it might even be beneficial to see them. Mm. It's like, but if you're going to watch a movie and then have your face like shaken to the core, like, well, you got to ask yourself some questions. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. Sure. So, okay. But yeah, that stuff that is related to faith tends to scare me more legitimately. Okay. Than, than not. So what I did is just did a quick search of a bunch of different lists of movies and I figure I tried to find one that had more modern ish movies. Okay. For our listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to quickly go through this list, see what movies we haven't seen, add it to a random uh, selector generator kind of thing. And it will pick it for us. The goal is to watch it in this coming week, hopefully with our significant others. How does Francis feel about horror? You know, I, well, okay. So right now with a little, she she's had a hard time lately, even with stuff that's like on the, like not really horror, but even on the fringe of like scary mm. because it, when she was pregnant, it was, it was like really impacting her. Oh. And, and then she had this other, yeah, she had this other feeling where it was like, well, I don't want to watch this stuff and like consume this stuff with a baby. Absolutely. You know, cause it's, like just that the, the idea of it was just not, and she still has that. So I don't know that she'd be that she'd be up for it. She might be because her like uh, her brothers and her and Ivan like they've been kind of on a tear of watching horror movies. Okay, you you can tell like there's it has peaked maybe her interest a little. Okay, bit. so maybe but, we can make this work. Stephanie is not like the biggest fan of horror. She'll watch it. She doesn't really like like the bloody, gory right. stuff. Right, but. I think I can probably convince her to watch something off of this list. So we got X, Malignant, Ready or Not, The Hunt, Host, The Babadook, It Follows, The Wailing, Juon Origins, and Wreck. Are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not feeling in the horror mood. I don't know if I'm... So you know that I'm not lying. Here we go. I am not. I'm not ready. And the winner is Malignant. Malignant. All right. Let's see. Because if this is not on a streaming service that we have, then the whole thing is over. (laughs) We should have checked that first. It's on Hulu. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's going to do it for the Midnight Connection. The Midnight Spooky Connection. Next week, we will be back with a review of Malignant to see how we liked it, if our wives chose to watch it, which would probably be no, and if they did, maybe what their thoughts are. But as always, we thank you guys for sticking around for another episode and supporting us the way that you do. Your support means everything. And as always, please like, 
follow, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you do have a moment, share the podcast with somebody that you know. We cover a large set of topics from current events, music, games, movies, parenting. Hopefully you like the way that we talk about these things because we certainly like taking the time to do it for you guys. If you have any suggestions about topics or any questions that we could answer, you can email us at themidnightconnectionpod at gmail.com or comment on one of our social media posts at the Midnight Connection Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Well, you guys have a great week and we will see you again at midnight. Thanks for tuning in to The Midnight Connection. The Midnight Connection is a product and trademark of Samurai Beat LLC, which is a fan-funded organization made for you and made possible by you at patreon.com slash samuraibeat. Support us there and join the conversation by submitting your questions, comments, and topics for future shows. We seek to entertain and build a community of adulting gamers like you, and we appreciate your support, your confidence, and your inspiration. Thank you.